Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we boil the crud off the sink stopper as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 100th episode in the series, Boring Exchange. Yeah, 100 episodes. I know, it's very exciting. It is awesome. Also, every time <laughs> I get like a visceral reaction when you say boil the crud off the sink stopper, <laughs> my stomach, try the other pot. It's very uh, illustrative and not, know. Uh, you know, it's show me, don't tell me. <laughs> that really is one of the best gags in this entire episode. Though. Literally. It's so simple and so gross. It's oh my God. But yeah, 100 episodes. What an awesome milestone. Very exciting. Almost at the very bitter end of the uh, fourth season here. Um, I will say that, you know, the Jim Colucci Bible, um, you know, Golden Girls Forever has a lot of really wonderful behind the scenes pictures of this particular taping, which is really cool. Like they wheeled in a big cake and everything, you know, after everything was done. I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a hundred episodes is a big deal. I feel like even now shows will celebrate it, you know, with like a cake or something like on set. Um, Well, even especially now, you know, there's so many production houses, like, you know, all the criticism of Netflix, like canceling shows that are even good after like 12 episodes, you know? Yeah. They got to make that money. That's all it is. (laughs) That's all it is. Um, so this one is also I think that as we approach the end of season four it's also interesting because I think season five which I've been on record and I am doubling down on is my favorite season (laughs) Um, I think that kind of ushers in a new era of it's like trying to be more like almost 90s TV and I love the 80s sitcoms you know like the Golden Girls especially of course but like all in general but the 90s like goofiness kind of starts yeah. to creep in and I think that this is sort of like the beginning of that you know oh, it's absolutely. so kooky <laughs> absolutely I mean we you know yeah there's this plot really is absolutely ridiculous <laughs> it's so dumb but um you know it's so so it's really and and honestly and we'll get into it I think that the weirder part is not necessarily this like hey you were switched at birth at like 50 something <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bring it back but the fact that like gina's getting married i like right it feels like that would have happened 40 years ago but like even just from the traditional sicilian point of view right obviously people can get married at whatever age but it's acting like it's this like she's you know a 20 year old virgin like being betrothed yeah arranged marriage at this age just feels like a lack of i don't know like who was involved when she was 20? Well, yeah. a, la- a lack of explanation. Like, it's totally cool. You want to arrange a marriage, you know, but what happened for the last 40 years? Just one Right. No suitable <laughs> boys, I guess. <laughs> but, it's, but it's funny because, you know, apparently, and again, you know, learned this from Jim Colucci, of course, is that, you know, the, the premise of this episode, this whole, like, switched, you know, at birth uh, in the hospital type of thing was actually based on current events. It was based on how there had been, I guess at least one or two high profile cases that were, you know, in LA times and the media and everything going around about like babies accidentally getting switched. And it's really interesting because it's probably one of those things that's extremely rare, even at the time. (laughs) But even like, I remember like when my kid was born, you know, this many, many years later, of course, course, um, in the hospital, like the kids got like two, you know, like a wristband and a, and a, and a, you know, a tracker thing on their foot and you can't go past like certain thresholds without having to prove that you're one of the parents. And it's it's really interesting, like what they've done now 
to like account for that um yeah. because wow. it was like, such a big deal here. Yeah, yeah exactly I feel like there's stories of like like you know sort of urban legends but I think it probably happened a lot of like dads like marking their kid's foot with like a sharpie or something yeah. so they knew yeah. it was theirs um <laughs> like just like signing your name <laughs> yeah do not touch you know right this one's mine um yeah and I feel like it was such a I I think that this is um not the only sitcom or like show of this time that I can reference this type of storyline for um so that makes sense what you're saying that it was like actually happening and it reminds me of something that's like a little different and um forgive me but maybe even a little bit more highbrow but um <laughs> did you see the documentary three identical strangers from a couple oh years ago oh my gosh yes yeah wild. it was so good there, it wasn't exactly like a switched up birth story but it was like separated twins or something like you know like something like that and I remember watching that being like this is so sort of like fantastical but I did it did remind me of this episode I feel like that is my point of reference you know absolutely and I think yeah so it's it's not it's not untrue but I think you know but (laughs) to your earlier point about like 90s tv and having a little bit wackier subplots it's like I think one we're literally moving into the 90s this is like mid-year 1989 that this appears right but like the uh the other you know thing is that we're you know four seasons in we're we're so comfortable with all of these characters and there's new writers in the writers room as we've established before so like they're just you know everybody's just getting a little loose like loosey goosey like, <laughs> yeah I, can, just, I, like, see it. I see it. stretching it a little bit and being like oh that's funny that's an idea let's throw it up and you know see if it sticks against the wall so yeah, um yeah. But, yeah and it's fun to see that with your classic sort of golden girls exchanges like Yes. I'm thinking specifically of like unless there's a bidding war with the neighbors you know like <laughs> yeah. that is classic Sophia Rose to me and then like Rose following up will be like at least they'll be close by like exactly when exactly. Betty White does that in earnest it's just it's so funny but that I think is like so representative I guess of like what I think of like as the golden girls like that type yeah. of exchange you know and so it's fun to see them kind of blend this sort of wacky concept with the like sarcastic delivery and timing and all of that stuff that we have known for four seasons now yes exactly and to your point we're going to get even deeper into the wackiness into season five Um, yeah you know with a lot of serious markers of course but but yeah like I mean there's so many like you just said that it's just so classic like you know we can prove it Dorothy show me your driver's license (laughs) it's amazing Uh, you know and you know they did it in that movie what movie lawrence of arabia rose (laughs) just like it's incredible and it's just yeah it's dripping with like amazing just like character punchy lines as well as you know we're going back in time a little bit we've got frida claxton and vincenzo paired up as as new parents (laughs) yeah philomena oh my god i mean like I, i think vincenzo is immediately recognizable it takes a minute for me sometimes to be like oh shit that's Frida Claxton yeah like, it's, she's I agree. such a great actress Nan Martin so and the costuming is so yeah. so good it's like I guess Vincenzo is hard to change because he's already sort of like he's a, really Italian dirty old an man. Italian sleazy yeah exactly <laughs> and he's a little different in this side but same guy and also yeah. honestly that checks out I feel like that's actually more realistic than absolutely other parts of this episode for sure <laughs> for real um the hype gag is also so great i mean like that that kind of makes 
it's almost like even though I'm kind of like meh on this like ridiculous plot it's like that alone that gag <laughs> total silent physical comedy that just makes the audience like just split their sides laughing is like to me it's kind of like worth the entire dumb premise <laughs> I agree I agree the, and the mannerisms too like it's not just a physical right it's not just like a, a resemblance it's like she walks like her and she's like you know her clothes hang like Estelle Getty's clothes hang um and it's just such a good bit because it's such a reveal like I feel like the audience is like I feel like sometimes in situations like this you know to expect something yeah and I would say that maybe you don't really because you think the big the big news is that um they're here to take their daughter back to Sicily (laughs) like you are our daughter you you know but the reveal is that Gina is little Sophia totally well and so that actress that played Gina you know she said that similar to when Estelle Getty tried out for Sophia and she went out to like you know a vintage shop and like bought the purse and like did the whole like look basically Mm. um and practice shuffling and you know put some powder in her hair to make it look older like this actress did the same thing she basically was mimicking Estelle Getty as Sophia and that really helped her nail the audition. And then when she came in to like do rehearsal or something like that, I, you know, again, this is in the Jim Colucci book. They mentioned that she was like wearing high heels and she didn't look different. And then, you know, basically um, Estelle Getty like pulled her aside and was like, no, 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 go right back to the audition piece. Remind, you know, remind them why they picked you. Um, yeah. And so like, she really leaned into exactly what the writers were going for which is like you know this woman that's like supposed to be dorothy's age dressing basically like you know her mother and it's it's really it's <laughs> just American so mother. fucking funny yeah. yeah exactly i'm a gina i mean it's like uh, it's so it's just so slapsticky but it's great like every i mean all of the you know it's it's interesting here like follow trying to follow sophia's like feelings about the matter right because she's mm. like punchy I don't know what you what do you think about it because you know she says things like don't call me ma call me Sophia like my other friends you're kind of like what a dick move you know but like also it does seem like she also could potentially be troubled by this idea I'm not really sure what do you think yeah yeah Mrs. Petrillo to you Um, (laughs) I kind of think she doesn't even she like pays it no mind a little bit I actually feel like she is just kind of having fun poking at Dorothy and I'm not saying that I don't think she thinks it's like a possibility I just think she doesn't care yeah like I think she might be curious about the results to to know but I don't think I think Dorothy is thinking about the implications Uh and sort of like what will this actually mean if that's true and for Sophia I think it just doesn't mean anything yeah um and maybe it's just like so it just feels so far-fetched to her that like it's which is a kind of a role reversal actually um but yeah I feel like she's not I I think she acknowledges the possibility of it being true but I don't think the sort of like emotional consequences of if it were true weigh on her honestly kind of at all I feel like she just the whole time is kind of making fun of Dorothy and like kind of enjoying it a little bit like they Mm -hmm. antagonizing her um but yeah I I don't get a vibe that she's like nervous about it I guess yeah yeah I think that I think that's about that's accurate um it's just it's, it's interesting right because it's not even just personality differences it's just age differences right yeah true. and i wonder if like 
if you're like whatever who gives a shit I did all this work like I'm your mother it does not matter yeah right that's true like if you're 85 80 years old like are you really gonna reverse course and be like everything that I've done has been totally like I just even from Dorothy's perspective I think it's kind of silly as well like you know you're you're 50 something whatever like I think you know you'll be you also have like gone over the hump of like this is your life whether you like it or not yeah exactly (laughs) right which is part of what makes this episode like so silly um and as mentioned before the whole like getting married thing is like really super bizarre i think the part that i hate the most of this episode is the like the idea that like Dorothy has no say in the matter and that she's going to be really excited to like move across the world yeah. to like marry this dude she's never met. Like also she could have been married already. And then like the grossest part is definitely like, don't raise your voice to your mama. You're too old, not too old for me to take you across my knee. Speaking of Vincenzo is a dirty old man. Exactly. Um, I'm just like, <laughs> Oh my God. Ridiculous. But in that part, like, it is supposed to be kind of funny and ridiculous. And as usual, Dorothy plays the straight man in all of this nonsense and keeps right. everything grounded. You know, I think I said it a while ago about, like, Rose's St. Olaf stories getting weirder and weirder and, like, less and less grounded in actual reality. And Dorothy always has a perfect reaction to it that puts me back in the real-life moment where I, I'm... It reminds me that this show is grounded in reality. And even if they make a character or two or three in an episode have something so bizarre, Dorothy reacts exactly as you or I would react should we have seen this in real life. You know? Right. Like, yeah, just exactly. like, what the fuck? I'll have your teeth back in Sicily before you. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. <laughs> totally. And I think that, like, you were saying, like, this is an example of something that I would say was written and performed with like an innocence well I don't know if it's an innocence exactly or if it's um kind of an an understanding between the audience and the show that like he's really treating Dorothy like his child yes and it's not like sexual assaulty you know Yeah, yeah, yeah but I think with today's context and like also dissecting the show like it's weird and it's gross and it's like completely (laughs) not paternal at all right but it like well and to be fair Dorothy reacts to it as such like weird and gross yeah 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 totally but I just think like it's interesting to see something that you wouldn't do today and not have it be like overtly racist or um you know glorifying sexual assault or something like that like it it's I feel like I am more it's like an innocence you know that I feel like we often when we're criticizing things in the show in this way that it doesn't come with like it's not meant to be offensive I guess is Mm -hmm. what I'm sort of dancing around yeah yeah I mean I think it's I would argue it's meant to be somewhat offensive but probably not as offensive (laughs) yeah because again like Dorothy's reaction again grounds me in like the reality of the time right. of like how she's reacting to it but yeah you're right I think it's just it reads as extra gross um, yeah but also, exactly, exactly also like our lens you know all of our uh, you know those those two leftist cranks on enough wicker <laughs> talking, I know talking about women's rights and other boring things Wicked yeah. the Bambina. No, the Bambina. Oh my god. Ridiculous. Um, um you want to talk yeah. a little bit about the B story? 
Yeah, yeah. It, you know what? It's crazy. Like you said that, and I was like, "What B story?" And then I remembered. <laughs> it's so it's good. It's fine, but it is so sort of muted because this A story for me because the A story yeah. is just so crazy. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I first I think the fashion on both Blanche and Rose in this episode is really is really cool and really different. Yes. Like Rose is wearing, um, I mean, Blanche is wearing Bermuda shorts a couple times. Right. And, um, you know, of course the scene at the end with Betty White's legs oh, and the leggings, God, like the that's totally different. Legs yeah. Ridiculous. Right? Oh my God. It's crazy. And like Blanche is wearing pattern and colors. Like, I don't know. I just think it's really pronounced. Um, and, and it's it funny kind of... you say different though, because the earrings are back. And right. The earrings are back. <laughs> It's true. I guess it's not exactly like, it's not like, oh, what are they wearing? But I just, I feel like it's punchier, I yeah, guess. I think that's um, right. And I love it. I think it's such a smart move to have Rose be sort of like a natural dirty dancer <laughs> yeah. and Blanche struggle to get it. It reminds She's me of when stunk. they take Spanish class, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Maybe standing up is what's throwing you. <laughs> It is fun how how embarrassed Blanche is, right? It's actually, I mean, it's 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 like nice to see Blanche drop down a peg when the stakes are fairly low. Like it has nothing right. to do with like actual relationships with her family or with lovers or other things like that. It's literally just like she can't get the hang of dirty dancing, and it's kind of funny to laugh at her expense, right? Right, because in um, her, it's like connected to her sexual prowess, which like she she totally brags and then like you know it's funny when rose kind of gets her goat and she's like those stories are greatly exaggerated <laughs> exactly oh my god but it's but it's fun because they can't they don't actually spend too much emotional time on it one because it's supposed to be the goofy b plot that alleviates some of the quote-unquote tension from the admittedly also goofy a plot <laughs> but like it, it's not actually evenly balanced because there's not much to say right it's just like they they go and then we get to see them dance like it's there's not much there so we can't we can't get into like too much of the blanches like connected to my sexuality like strife part which is why it's like right. largely just funny yeah <laughs> so, but i mean you know again always like feel somewhat guilty when i'm like cracking up at the lines at dorothy's expense but i mean one of the best ones in the entire line is and the world heaves a collective sigh of relief like I cannot tell you how many times I say that either to myself or out loud around people who don't understand. Always. Um, Me too. In reference to everything. <laughs> it's so usable. It's so usable. And just the way she looks, she kind of looks almost like fourth wall-y, like off to the side in the distance when she says it in the middle of the couch. And it's just, the delivery is is a huge part of, of the humor of that, that line. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So, so good. And she's like turning the page, you know, it's like exactly, exactly. Like just, just everything is <laughs> really wonderful. So, oh my gosh. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, going back to the a plot, I think the fun, the fun part of this, the, the seriousness, <laughs> the fun part of like a plot is that it does have the seriousness of, the Dorothy and Sophia bond, right? And it's like, yeah. you have, as always, I love the bed scenes. You know, does it say Kmart on the back of my nightgown? As a matter of Actually, fact, it, it does. does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of my favorite lines ever, you know? And it's just, when they get that, that intimate bonding, it's just really, it's really lovely. And, you know, it's like, it's part of what you're saying before about like Sophia not particularly caring and only maybe having vague curiosity. It's because she knows through and through as she says of just like 
it it would be weird yeah if like this whole time <laughs> you weren't actually my kid but like what does it actually materially change today exactly. right and they yeah. do a really good job i think of of making this episode goofy as it is sort of a metaphor for one chosen family which as we've said time and again this the show completely centers around right of it it doesn't matter biologically what happened to you uh right. you know it's just about your decisions that you make and the love that you share and support that you share with people on this earth and two just like an analogy of like you can't change the past so you have to just move forward and figure out what you want now and what Dorothy wants now as she well knows is not to marry Guido <laughs> you know um you know to uh to sicily so anyway it's just i i think as goofy as it is like the the moral of the story does come together fairly well yeah yeah i agree and i think that story that sophia tells about uh debbie's hands in the little biatch in dorothy's class wouldn't yeah. her alone and like staying to watch her and like it's a really sweet but not corny way to convey that i think yes yeah um which i like a lot and actually um on oh shut up rose the uh you know the the peak in in episode references um he chris says that uh if two road together was the first episode to sort of highlight the dorothy or the first one to sort of bring it to the center yeah, the chemistry yeah. between dorothy and sophia this one sort of like is a nice follow-up to that because i think you still sort of have like Dorothy clinging to the deep, deep emotional bond, which also makes sense. Like, I'm sure she's considering even now, like, how much time Sophia has left and, like, what it all means and all of that. Whereas Sophia, I think, like you were saying, is sort of over the hump of all of that and is just kind of looking to, like, live her life as herself and, like, as Dorothy's mother and, you know, all of these other ways. And she doesn't... It makes sense that she wouldn't be affected with this kind of, like, like you know, um, kind of crushing anxiety around the truth here as yes. Dorothy would. And the same thing when they go, when um, in Two Road together, like Dorothy's sitting with the weight of the anxiety of Sophia's death, where Sophia is much more like kind of unaffected the by moment. it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But in, in that way. So yeah, I totally agree. I think that's sort of the point of it. Um, and then, like, you know, like when um, Sophia's talking about the 50 toughest years of her life of Dorothy's awkward period, like, <laughs> I think that's also a funny yeah. sort of follow up to the watching her in school story. Like, I just, it, that's like their relationship. And it's so, um, it's so fun and like heartwarming to see yeah. them in these situations. And like, I don't know, the hospital scene is a little weird when they do that, like, the doctor's a woman joke. <laughs> Are you here you for the methadone it? program? Ugh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I do. I do love her outfit with the belt. Speaking of yes. ladies' fashion, my god, Very like much. she should actually do dirty dancing after her shift. <laughs> yeah, it's like yuppie with a job and hobbies. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I never, I never thought about how it's like. I can't operate on my son. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. The boy is my son. <laughs> like that's what they're using (laughs) that's really funny luckily they don't hit it over the head but that's oh my god that's really hilarious i love that (laughs) but yeah the um i i do (laughs) i do enjoy the (laughs) you made a new friend named debbie and then just like the whole like what the hell does this have to oh wait okay now it's (laughs) 
of just, you know, I mean, and different people react in different ways to wacky news. But I do think, yeah, it's trying to, as you mentioned, like with Two Road Together and with this episode of like really just being like, Sophia's perspective is actually just a little bit more functional in the real world, you know, in terms of how she chooses to move through this news. And, you know, in, in both cases, Dorothy eventually gets there. Yeah. Um, so it's really, you know, pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and then the ripping of the results, of course, is like, and then like, that's what I mean. Like, it's so funny that Sophia sort of continues to kind of poke fun at her by yeah. pretending to have them still, you know? Totally. Exactly. Yeah. Mrs. Petrillo. <laughs> what have you got there? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. And I, I mean, no, it's just, it's funny. Cause like you have this little gag and then it ends with flying finale brothers and (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty it's pretty great i mean it's you know it's again as we mentioned at the outset it even with a completely wacky like if you just read this plot you're like okay (laughs) (laughs) whatever but like you know the characters make it and the writers turn it around and make it something where there's actually like a lovely little moral and you have you have some feelings uh you know yeah. about not only mother-daughter relationships but you know like rose rose's legs <laughs> yeah for sure and late in life arranged marriages many things to consider <laughs> yeah exactly um oh i also want one more line that we didn't talk about is the uh, i've never been so humiliated humiliated all my life that's not true what about the time you got caught with the orchid man <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i do love that we always hear these like weird callbacks to like there must have been multiple times where the girls, you know, sort of caught Blanche in, in flagrante delicto, as they say, of like, that's, that's beyond, <laughs> that's beyond like a man running out, you know, in a costume from her bedroom, but like, like yeah. actually somewhat naked or, and or in the process of fucking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the time she had to go on that mail route, the mail route. Yeah, guy. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that one's the funniest. <laughs> Oh my god excuse me i laughed so hard i just yawned um <laughs> but anyway this i mean it's a great hundredth episode and we've got some really fun things coming up you know we're just we're at the end we've got a two-parter up next and then we're gonna move on to a new season it's so wild oh, crazy yeah we're moving we're moving and grooving all right that's all i've got what about you me too that's it all right well join us next time as i mentioned two-parter we're going to discuss interpreting dreams stacking 50 vcrs to the ceiling and purchasing one of the lander sisters (laughs) take care